0: This is the Up Next Podcast with Gabriella Mirabelli.
1: Welcome to Up Next. I'm your host, Gabriella Mirabelli. My guest today is Dr. Paul Messenger. He is Marketing Group PhD Coordinator and Associate Professor of Marketing at the University of Alberta School of Business, past Chair of the Informs Service Science Section, and Founding Director of the University of Alberta School of Retailing. His teaching and research focus is on service science, emerging retail formats, pandemic response, consumer behavior and pricing. 3D mediated virtual worlds, e-commerce, and recommendation systems. Today we'll be talking about research on brand extension fit that he conducted with Claire Dunn. Claire was the first author on the paper, graduated from the University of Alberta's PhD program, and is now an associate professor. Paul, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you, Gabriella. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: You open your paper speaking about existing research and how it fails to provide specific practical guidance for practitioners, which is music to my ears. I love work that ties back to the practitioner and having the practitioner front and center from the get-go. Well, that's a pleasure. So first I'd like to set the stage of little bit and give us the lay of the land in terms of brand extension, just so we're all on the same page as we walk through the conversation. Can you give us the view from 60,000 feet of the prior research around brand extension and how it creates a positive consumer response?
0: There's uh, various drivers of brand extension that have been studied in in papers that have looked at this research. And this research has gone on for 30 years. And actually, the practice has gone on for well over 60 years. Um, Brand extensions are just so important for businesses. They're really the lifeblood of of businesses. Uh, Introducing new products is, is essential for invigorating a company and invigorating a brand and they're very risky. And so there's been a lot of work on how do you reduce the risk? And one way of reducing the risk is by leveraging the popularity of your brand and harnessing the popularity of your brand for the new brand, new products that you're going to introduce. Some of the drivers in the the research that have been studied are marketing support. Have you, do you have enough support from the market? Marketing standpoint, how much conviction do customers have with the parent brand? Do they really believe and like the, love the parent brand? Uh, do the retailers and the channels of distribution accept the parent brand? What's the experience that customers have? But the most important, those are four that I've given. But the most important really in in the research has been the fit between the parent brand and the extension product. Mm. So, you know, that's, that's the key thing when you have an extension product, it shouldn't be completely extraneous sort of out of, you know, from right field, it should be related to the core reason that people like the parent brand.
1: Well, so, that's, that's one of the things I love about the paper is you really cut to the chase because what fit really is, isn't clearly known. And so that really sets your work apart because you unpack that, you unpack what fit is for mm-hmm. practitioners. And in order to do this, you broke the concept of fit into six different dimensions. Is your research the first research to identify all of these dimensions?
0: Well, that's actually a great question. We are the first research to synthesize and show that all of these dimension, these six dimensions collectively form what most people refer to when they talk about fit, when they Mm -hmm. talk about brand extension fit. So for about 30 years, there's been work on brand extension fit, and lots and lots of work, actually. Uh, We've done a meta analysis. It falls into two categories, the past researchers. A number of work talks about fit generally and just ask general questions of consumers. Does this brand fit with the extension product or does the extension product fit with the brand?
1: And that's so that Um, that then assessment is taking place in the mind of the consumer and what it it's their assessment. So whatever they define fit as correct,
0: whatever they do. And it's left it's left completely open. And so whatever they consider important, but different consume is is what is what the answer will be based on. Right. And different consumers will answer differently. But then there are a number of papers, almost an equal number of papers in the order, that have looked at piecemeal elements of fit. They, some papers will talk about some of the dimensions that we talk about. And so we're, we're not novel in proposing at least four of these dimensions. Mm-hmm. But those papers just talk about the one. And we show that if you talk about just one in exclusion of the other five, that you're actually going to get biased estimates of 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 what really works, and you're gonna you're going to also make managerial predictions which are suboptimal. You're not looking at the full picture. If you look at the full picture, you have a higher chance of uh, of being successful with finding a, a good brand extension.
1: So it's important that practitioners look at all the dimensions, which we will dive into in more detail. Can you have successful fit if you only look at one dimension or is it really, okay, so you could, but you'll be more likely to have a better fit if you look at all six and you'll understand and be able to predict how Mm -hmm. it will be received better. Is that-
0: Yes, and not only that, we even quantify. If you only look at one dimension, we run some counterfactuals and quantify that um, the chances of a success uh, for and varies from brand to brand, but the chances of success are lower. And we and uh, in in our counterfactuals, and for some brands such as Tiffany, if you only looked at one of the six dimensions, you can be off by, you can your chance of success can be reduced by. 25%, 30%, 25%, 30%, or even more. So, yeah. and it, I mean, but you could, that still means you can have 75% chance of being just as successful just using one. Um, so this is, it, it adds, but but we're talking about millions, tens, hundreds of millions of dollars.
1: Right, These of course. This of
0: success makes a really, really big difference. And so being aware of the six dimensions can be really valuable for practitioners.
1: So I want to dive into each dimension, but just so that if people are listening they and if they have to jump off and, and don't get to listen to it all, can you just punch through the list of what the six are and then we'll look at each of them?
0: Sure. One is, the first is feature-based. That's just the features or attributes in the product. The second is the functions. Uh, what are the basic functions of the product? So it's it's not the physical attributes but what 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 does the product do although they're very closely related and then the third is resource based so what resources are required of the company that makes the product or the service and are the resources that are critical to the success of the core brand the parent brand also valuable and critical to producing a good extension product. If they're not, there would be a problem. The third is the image of the parent brand should be related to the image of the new product that you're starting to think about introducing. The four, the fifth is the usage occasion for the parent brand should be related to the usage occasion of the, the new product that you're considering introducing. Uh, and then the sixth is that the target market that the parent brand is already appealing to should be the same or similar to the target market that your extension product is intending to sell to. So those those are the six.
1: Okay, let's dive in. And let's also talk about some real world examples so that people can really understand in their mind, how it, how it works in case they lose the thread of how you've defined these things. So if we are starting at the top, then we're talking about feature-based. So this is a really concrete thing. Mm-hmm. What would that look like? What would be an example and, and how could it go not well? It seems like it would be, you know, what would a fit look like and how can it go well and how can it go not well?
0: I think uh, an example of a feature based extension. and and these extensions can be small or very large extensions, but uh, taking toothpaste and adding adding um, baking soda into it. Uh, people have been using baking soda for whitening their teeth before it was used in toothpaste explicitly and that feature was added to toothpaste that's an example of 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 extending the toothpaste to an area by including a whitening feet and whitening element Mm -hmm. um it's there are lots and lots of examples of of all six of these fits but feature based in particular um the interesting the the some of the cute ones are ones that don't fit so well. So here's an example that that actually it, it lacks fit for in terms of feature based cologne by a Harley Davidson. Now <laughs> Harley yeah. Davidson has, has certainly has an image and it has a lot of things but you don't really think of a a fancy cologne. And so it's, you know, what what Harley-Davidson, in fact, you could go through all six of these and say, this is not, most of them do not fit. Um, so there's there's a lack of, I think, feature-based, the function of Kelowna, that's probably one of the biggest, the function of Kelowna is so different from Harley-Davidson. I think they thought that their target market would would gravitate, and Harley Davidson has lots or, of
1: or the image. I suppose yeah. that it's a manly men being manly, smelling like absolutely. Men. <laughs> so absolutely. So that's, that that would might be an example of when we were talking about the need to really look at all of the dimensions to understand where you might have some exposures uh that it might be challenging.
0: I war. think that's true. I think if you if you went to the Harley Davidson. Ex- introduction introduction and I think I believe they did um, in 1990. Um, you could say that well, there might be some elements that fit but some elements I mean you'd giggled when you even heard it I hadn't, we hadn't talked about this before. and so that that's probably a decent sign if you're in a focus group and people start giggling and uh, <laughs> that laughing, might not
1: be a good sign
0: <laughs> right. I think I would turn this around and say it's useful to go through all six with, with, with,
1: with the uh, brand and what they do. The right.
0: So I, I have others um, and just, well, you and know, just, can yeah. we, I, I yeah. want
1: uh, maybe I'll jump in and, and twist around because some of the features as a practitioner, I always think a fit is in the mind of the consumer. And mm-hmm. most of these, most of these elements, uh, these dimensions are, in the mind of the consumer, with the exception of resource base, that's really something that it seems like that is a consideration that is internal to the business, and it doesn't really matter to the consumer. It's critical to the execution, but it's not. How how would resource base, and or maybe I'm missing it completely. But if I'm a consumer, how does resource base matter to me?
0: I would say that's a fairly insightful question because resource based seems quite different than 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 the others but the the essence of it is does the consumer believe that that the company has the resources to do it i think all six of these critically
1: well come would that be like more of a service mind. well but would that be a more service i mean if if the product is presented I presume they've done it. Or is it is it the kind of thing where Apple launches products and then ceases to support them pretty frequently? Uh, so maybe I'm a little like, are they really behind this product? What does I I really would like to unpack a little bit better in the mind of the consumer what resource base means?
0: Well, let, let's take an example which is in it which is a fictitious example. It's not been tried, but let's say let let's say Nike decided that they were going to introduce um, the next really powerful uh, laptop computer. Um, are consumers going to buy it? You know, are they going to buy? It? Are they going to accept the idea that Nike can do it? Well, Nike is really great with shoes. They're also great with some elements of apparel, sports apparel. Uh, do they have a tech base? Well, they certainly have technology behind what they do, but they are not known as a company that produces, and Nike is a very, I mean, this is not a criticism of Nike, but they're not known as a company that would produce computers, and so, whether they probably don't necessarily have the skills in-house to produce a, a new laptop computer, even if they did, the cost of, the market is going to have a hard time. At least in my opinion, buying that idea and buying and, they, and a hard, and probably would hesitate to buy the product. So I don't know. What do you think of that, Gabrielle? Well,
1: is I guess you? I, as a consumer, you're right. I wouldn't buy a Nike computer, but. That has a lot, I I guess for me, that's because they're so grounded in the function. Um, the The other fails, the other dimension fails. Whereas I could see buying that they would have a workout mirror tech thing. So that would be technology. It would be workout. It would be within their sector. And so I guess that's, I could see for me, the con as the consumer i tend to trust that people have resources but maybe that that they would fail more obviously on other factors unless it was a sir i could see it in the service sector not buying it that if somebody went into a service Mm -hmm. that might be the limiter but um
0: i guess i guess that's a reasonable point and I, i i i i agree with your point um the uh
1: But if I'm a practitioner, this
0: applies applies particularly for services, if they don't really have if they don't have the skill set for delivering a service and you know that, then why would you buy the service from them? So I would agree with you on that. Well, and so that I
1: think that that's if I'm a marketing practitioner and I'm looking at extending the brand and part of let's say I'm a cosmetics company and I see that. Tutorials are really big and I think, well, gee, maybe we could get into that. That might be a, will they really be able to produce, you know, if I'm going to sign up to a subscription service where I'm going to get tutorials on products, is it really going to be personalized? Is it really going to be, you know, they don't, they aren't in that space. I could see how that, if I'm a practitioner looking at pushing my brand into other areas, that might be something that wouldn't work. I could see that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And actually an an angle on this is, these are not impassable barriers. And so if you, if you realize that customers have some resistance on it, you can address your marketing program to try to, to bridge that gap, you know, and get the customer to to accept it. Um, You did ask about sort of the relationship between these six items. And the, uh, the first three that I mentioned, feature, function, and resource, are are all related to really the the engineering side. I mean, I think your comment about resource might even be applicable to feature and function. Mm. But um, they're all related to the engineering side. And we did a separate analysis, which is in the appendix of the paper, which argued that uh, uh, we did we found that customers view the function, the resource as the most different from the other mm. and from the other five, just as you said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but they viewed feature and function to be very similar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And of all of the ones that resource is close to its closest to feature and function. Right. And we, we could almost, and we actually did some further uh, analysis um, uh, and found that uh that uh, those three can be viewed as a group as, and you could even call those three as part of a kind of a, a super dimension or a, a higher order right. dimension with right. engineering-based congruity. And similarly, the, the other three, the image, the target oh.
1: market
0: is very close and the usage is also close to image and target market. And that's really related to sort of the market-based. And, and in the, in the simplest way, it's almost... You know, back to economics. I know this is marketing, and my field is marketing, right. but it's um, the uh, the the market-based ones. Image, target, usage are on the on the demand side, and the feature, function, and resources are closer to the consumer's perception of the supply side.
1: That's so interesting. That's a really interesting way to look at it. And I'm also curious. Then, again, bringing it to the practitioner, if we sort of barbell or bucket these dimensions. And you had said, you know, you're going to have a better chance if you look at all of them. But if we have them, you can't, you maybe shouldn't just be in one bucket. Maybe that's, that's, I mean, obviously you want to look at them all, but the interrelatedness between them, if you miss them, I mean, if we think, well, I, I'm thinking of our fail, our Harley-Davidson fail. Where was it successful and where I could see how image and market it was working. The usage, though, is off. So it doesn't even work within its own bucket.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a just, usage, it's just, it's
1: and usage problem. <laughs> and also resource-based, function-based. I mean, you know, it, I guess it fails a, a lot, Um Are there, let's, I feel bad. We don't want to just beat up on Harley-Davidson. Can we take a fail? Yeah, actually, Harley-Davidson
0: is a fine company. (laughs) And there are so many things to talk about what Harley-Davidson does right. So this is not an attack on one company. Yeah.
1: So what about, um, you had another example, um, which was a fail, which was a McDonald's brand extension. They failed with... um, what was it? Mighty chicken wings. Uh, mighty chicken wings. Right. So so why did that fail? That seems on the surface. I could see why they went there. People like wings. It's a food stuff. What what was the failure there? What dimension did they miss out?
0: Well, I think I think part of it was the 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 price it didn't match the price point that they, that they normally had. And I believe, and I have to go back and look, but I believe it was a bit more expensive. Mm -hmm. Also the spiciness, I mean, McDonald's is, is premier, but okay. So McDonald's was really a pioneer and really appealing to, to children. Um, They're not really part of this market. And then, so the target for spicy chicken, at least my son, isn't. He can tolerate it a little bit. That's um, You
1: bring kids there because they can't destroy it. I mean, you know, that it's you can they <laughs> you can hose down the restaurant and it's, nothing's going to be damaged by your children. Um, that's such yeah. a good point. Oh. Yeah. And the, there
0: are other aspects of it, too. But actually, this is the one where, you know, if I came to it. it I would just, I would have said, you know, it doesn't sound like a bad idea, <laughs> and, right? And it, well, that's, and it that... wasn't a bad idea. It was none, none of these are really bad ideas, but that one is the one that seemed like a really strong possibility, and that, that's where I think the value of this of of this disciplined market research helps you make a better decision because you're gonna, and McDonald's, they actually went to. Um, to to uh, test market, and then by that by that time they found that it didn't didn't go very well.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, but if you go through these six dimensions, you say, well, the target market isn't a perfect match. It's not terrible. These are not black and white. You know, right? Um, uh, it's not a perfect match. It's not for at least the children's part for the adult part, and also the usage occasion. Where do I? Eat spicy chicken wings. Well, usually when I'm drinking beer in a bar uh, pre-COVID, now I guess at home. And, but it's not, you know, I wouldn't have thought, oh, I'm going to go to McDonald's and pick up some spicy chicken wings if they had well, them there.
1: That it's interesting that it. they perhaps were trying to push into a slightly older market, but they did miss out on the, the bar element, the bar piece, the, the which is absolutely not part of their, your usage occasion piece. One of the things that I, so we've, you've set up this, this great set of robust dimensions that marketers can, Mm -hmm. can use. And then we think, well, it's great. And, and so then we think about, well, how, how can practitioners apply this? And it, it almost is across the, the whole process of brand extension do you want to walk through it? And um... sure.
0: Firstly, I think I think it can be used for stimulating brand extension ideas. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think if you compare this to the the alternative, the alternative is you put you put a bunch of market researchers or consumers in a room and you start brainstorming, and brainstorming is great, but you might. There might be elements that you're not thinking about, and you may not be systematically thinking about it. And so brainstorming can work really well. Brainstorming has worked well, even for something as critical as coming up with a name like Lululemon that was from market that was from a, a focus group. The suggestion Wait. from our work is go through these six dimensions explicitly. Start, start open-ended. And if you're going to do it in a focus group, completely open ended, but then prime about features, prime about functions, prime about is there a match in, in perceived resource strengths? Can they can they do it? Is the right. image the same? Is it the right usage? Is the right target market? So,
1: so it's almost that it both it helps create a framework from which to stimulate ideas, so that you don't miss out a dimension, so that you make sure you mm-hmm. you really are. That you don't have a bias that you lean into these demand side things yeah. or these supply side things, right? But then right. you're also and, able and that, to evaluate. And that you
0: also that you don't overlook an opportunity. So right. yeah, exactly. So that that's that's one. You know, I'll mention another, and then you can stop me there. But another is, let's say you have a group of people who are making a decision from multiple. Areas of your business—you have somebody from marketing, somebody from finance, uh, maybe somebody who's who's more on logistics—and they have different opinions about what uh, about what ideas would work well. This provides our framework provides touch points, objective mm. touch points, where you can, let's say, you have two or three competing ideas, you can go through these and ask yourself. Um, Is there a good fit or not a good fit on each of these and begin to have a debate, uh, a informed debate between people who have validly different opinions and use it to help. And then also, if you do market research, which estimates these six dimensions of fit, Hmm. you can use that to help make your decision and help have some objective basis for the team to make a decision.
1: So useful. So interesting. Uh, One last thing, just to clarify. So one, there wasn't sort of a first among equals, correct? These these things really relate to one another, but there wasn't one that tended to be more important. So nobody can lazy their way out of it.
0: (laughs) Well... (laughs) <laughs> I would say I would say that's true. I would say that's okay. true. You really can't lazy your way through it because all six are important. However, image base turned out to have a high weight, somewhat higher weight than the other five. In men, for many cases, it's different for each different product, uh, each different category of products. It's different, but that one tended to be high.
1: That's fantastic and really interesting. But also yeah. the whole lazy point because I would say Harley Davidson. Could have had an image fit, but a super fail, and those other things might drag down the success.
0: Absolutely, so. absolutely, and collect and collectively, those others really are so. You know, so you
1: can't forget about the others, yeah, but if you, you want can. to start someplace, maybe start with image.
0: Absolutely, please go to the paper.
1: Yes. <laughs> Go and I will, your there your is paper. a link on the on the podcast webpage. There will be a link to the paper so that people can get the research. It's all there. All of the, the detail is there. Thank you so much for taking the time to walk through these things with me. I really appreciate it.
0: It's my pleasure. It's absolutely my pleasure.
1: We've reached the end of another episode of Up Next. I'd like to close by thanking my production team at Up Next, my friend Rod Norton, the voice artist who recorded our open, and of course, all of you, the members of our audience. Thank you. I'll be talking to you again next time right here on Up Next.